0: Hey, everybody. We are halfway through the 2017 Masters, and after two brutally windy days, it looks like it's going to be a pretty nice weekend. We've got an excellent leaderboard, some stars, some young guys, some established players. All looks pretty good. We're going to break it down, talk about who we like, who we don't like, all coming up next on the Golf Digest Podcast. Okay. We are coming to you live from our rental home in Augusta, Georgia. Sam Wyman here with Alex Myers and Ryan Harrington. It's late on Friday night. when We're recording this. And, guys, it's been two pretty good days of golf. It looks like it's going to be a pretty good um, weekend in front of us. Ryan, your initial thoughts uh, looking at well, looking at this pairing sheet for Saturday. Um, what do you like from this field, and, and where do we go from here?
1: Well, I, I like we've got a lot of guys who seem um – like, they've been putting themselves in a position to win here. I mean, it's a really bunched-up leaderboard, if you ask me. Obviously, four people tied for the lead uh, kind of suggests that. But, you know, there's so many players just, you know, even just a couple strokes off. I, I like the fact that, you know, we've got a lot of different storylines and a lot can happen. And I think a lot of people are going to be pretty aggressive on Saturday, frankly. They're going to have to if they really want to get in contention here. And and so I just I like the possibility for a really wide-open weekend. Um, you know
0: what's funny is is that <clears> – <throat> It's almost like we're playing two different tournaments because Thursday and Friday were really difficult, a bit of a test of survival, although guys made some made some scores on on uh, you know in the afternoon today. But for the most part it looks like it's gonna be a completely different landscape on Saturday in terms of much less wind, warmer, I mean guys can be aggressive. Alex, any thoughts on who that might favor more than other guys? Um, I think you got to start
2: with Rory McElroy. I think, uh, you know, he, he's not the best bad weather player. He kind of got through the first two days. Uh, he obviously had that brutal uh, bad break on 18 when he hit the flag stick. But so you know he likes to play in, in perfect conditions, and it looks like that's what we are going to have the next couple days. So I, I think, uh, you know, we could see him shoot a couple scores in the 60s, no problem. Um, and, uh, you know, it's interesting that, what the final score is going to be, you never know, because obviously the wind's going to die down, but the greens are going to get faster, right. so it might you know cancel each other out. But I still think that you know the four-under score, I
0: think we're, we're going to see something a lot closer to double digits by the end of Sunday. Really? So that would mean someone's going to shoot 66 or so?
2: Well, or if one of the four-under people shoot uh, you know, a pair of 69s, that gets to 10. I mean, I'm not saying 10's going to win, but I think we're looking at at least eight-under. Eight
1: I agree. I think somebody's going to really start to push yeah. here tomorrow. I mean, you look at this—you uh, know, Jordan Spieth's four back, uh, John Rahm's three back, uh, Phil Mickelson—he's only four back. I, one of these guys is going to go aggressive t- uh, tomorrow and or Saturday, and and it's. I, I, I agree with you. I think uh, I th- it is two different tournaments. We've got a, a lot of different a lot different setup that we're going to see over the weekend. a lot different mentality from the players over the weekend and I, I think I think we are going to see a lot of love scores.
0: You know what's interesting is that you know certainly uh, no disrespect to, to Charlie Hoffman and Thomas Peters both are, have compelling stories uh, in their own right, but I think Fowler and Garcia are the two guys that really stand out from that, um, from that group of, of guys at four under. First, let's start with Sergio because the the safe money is that he should not win this tournament because he doesn't seem to like the golf course. He struggles with putting uh, late in tournaments, or at least that's the that's how the story goes. Do you do you give him a better chance than I'm giving him? Uh, that's a great question. I still think we kind of expect him to go away, but
2: that doesn't mean you know we don't want to see him stay there. It, it's he would certainly be. I mean, I think Ricky Fowler winning would probably be, the, you know, the biggest news story in terms of, I mean, sure. create the most buzz at least. You know, it's a guy we've been kind of waiting to, to really become a superstar. And even he said he can't get to that next level before he wins a major. But, but Sergio Garcia, you know, was the young superstar, what, almost two decades ago. Sure. He still hasn't won a major. I saw it Oh 0 for 73. You know, we talk about a guy like Ricky who has, you know, we talk about the guys, the best players who haven't won majors. Um, Sergio has more than put in his time. I just, I think we all probably thought that this wouldn't be the major that he finally does break through just because it does seem like he's almost talked himself into thinking he can't win here. But, you know, again, he's looked great, but we've seen him through two rounds here look great before and, right. you know, he falls away.
1: I agree. I think uh, for Sergio, the, uh, the the pressure is uh, way, is very much still to come, and and how he does hold up here, and you know he, he's playing so much better than he did. You know he's a, a more mature player uh, and, and whatnot. But this is just still not for me not the venue that, that yeah. he's going to win at, and. and you know, it's exciting to see him in there. I'd argue that, quite honestly, it would be a, a, probably a bigger story than Fowler if he actually did win because of all those heartbreaks. Oh, but, no question. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: bigger story. I'm, I'm talking about buzz, buzz Yeah, right. it would be a bigger story yeah. in, be in, like, the golf in the golf world. In the golf world, Outside, world,
0: outside of definitely. golf, Ricky winning is a bigger right. story. Because we've been talking about when Sergio will yeah. again for almost 20 years. So, sure. yeah. You know, what's interesting is that um, Sergio... I feel like this so far has played to his strengths. He's such a good ball striker. No one was making a ton of putts, you know, in these last couple of days anyway because it's so windy on the greens. But it sort of allowed him, allowed it to level the playing field. Now we go to a, a, a real masters, a true masters, where certainly ball striking is hugely important, which is plays to his strengths. But but it becomes much more of an emphasis on putting because a lot of guys are going to hit greens. And, um, and, you know, that's presumably where he would, would kind of lose some of his edge.
1: I agree. With you. I, I think that's ultimately what's going to happen here. Is like you said, it's going to become more of a traditional masters, and that just doesn't favor Sergio. And as much as uh, uh you know, I think he, he he's a, a better player than he once was. Uh, this, this just I don't think is going to be his venue. So, um, what about Ricky in
0: terms of how he manages playing in the you know the penultimate group, having the lead? It's one thing he's never done before. He's had. He's Contended majors before, mm-hmm. but most of the times he's had top tens or been kind of been backdoor top tens. Now he's you know the lead dog. Uh, how do you feel like he handles that?
2: Yeah, this is totally different. I mean, even when he had the run of the four top fives in, in one year, other than the PGA championship, right? You know, when he was in, in contention for sure, he wasn't really serious because I mean, contention. I mean, one of those was the U.S. Open when he lost by. You know, eight, eight shots, shots or whatever to Martin mm-hmm. Connor. So, uh, to actually be out there uh, with, you know, the co-lead, totally different. Uh, even you know his biggest win of his career, the players he made that come from behind, mm-hmm. six under on the last six holes. You know, to- again, totally different from this. Also, the reason why I'm, I, you know, I don't. Of course, Ricky Fowler was one of the at least ten favorites coming into this week, and uh, you know it shouldn't be surprising that he's up there, but. He is a guy who plays great in the win. Yeah. And he's had some great finishes at the Open. So, obviously, like you said, it's set up well for Sergio the first two days. I think it's set up just as well for Ricky. And, again, in the other more, quote, normal conditions of the Masters, that's when Ricky has struggled.
0: Right. Um, if you look at that next rung of guys, you have William McGirt, Ryan Moore, John Rahm, Fred Couples. We should talk about Couples, which is, you know, it seems like <clears throat> it's a recurring storyline here. And every year you feel like, okay— This will be his last run at Augusta National, then he's going to finally realize that he's in his mid-50s. We were talking on the drive over here that this has got to be something very difficult for him to sustain over four days. Any reason that that would not be the case?
2: Well, again, you mentioned it seems like this happens every year. He turns back the clock. He plays well at Augusta National, but he never finishes. Again, it's tough to win a tournament, obviously, but... You know, it's always the back acts up, or, or you know, his the bulky back or the bulky putter. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen him in contention in his fifties here. Uh, he he can't put four rounds together, though. Um, I think it's a great story for for now. Uh, I'm not expecting him to keep it up. I'm also kind of stunned. I know you were too. He's 57 years old. Like he right. just doesn't. He, it seems like. Once he got into his, I don't know, mid-40s, it seems like he hasn't aged. Like, I feel like he's right. the same same guy, kind of. But uh, to hear he's 57 kind of surprised me. But uh, uh, not not him being in contention to lead through two rounds.
1: Uh, if, if the field wasn't still so bunched up uh, and there weren't so many people that could yeah. chase him, then you go, okay, maybe, maybe he's got something left here still or <laughs> whatnot. But I agree with you. Uh, I, I think at some point something happens. There's just too many chasers. There's too many other people. So he becomes a, a great storyline, and, and he's obviously comfortable playing at Augusta National and playing well here, um, but uh, I, I just think there's there's too many of these young guys that are going to be after him, and, and at some point, uh, you know, the clock strikes midnight.
0: That sound you hear is Alex <coughs> eating um, chips. This podcast is not sponsored by Moe's Southwest Bud. Grill, but it very well could be, Bud and Ed. Bud Light for yeah. that matter, so Light, just, yeah. just so you know. Um, Jordan Spieth. Pretty interesting start to the tournament. Was playing pretty well. Had that quad. But really, if you look at it, with the, with the exception of a quadruple Bow on in the 15th hole on Thursday, he's played pretty well. Is there any reason to believe that he can't just run the table from here on out?
2: No, not at all. I, I said last night he was going to shoot 69. He get did. back to I, the even part. yes. And that he was going to be riding the ball game. Because I don't think anybody expected Charlie Hoffman to uh, have a great day today. I, I, actually, I think him shooting 75 even was pretty respectable uh, sure. under the conditions and with the pressure and all that. But even that, that brought him back to four under. Uh, no one else went crazy. Obviously, Fowler had had the round of the day, but he, he started over par. Um, so, you know, Spieth did exactly what he had to do. He shot the three under, he got back to even. He is right in the mix. He's the guy who plays this course the best out of anybody. Um, and I don't see any reason why he can't put another uh, pair of, 69s up over, over the weekend. Who knows? That could be enough to get it done. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say,
1: oh, definitely. I, I think Speed's as good a, a bet this weekend as anybody, um, quite frankly, because uh, except for one bad hole on, on yeah, Thursday, yeah. essentially, he, he'd be right there in, in those last couple groups. Uh, nothing that we haven't said earlier this week is different. Uh, he's still the, the best putter of any of these players out there. He still actually plays this course as well as anybody out there. He's had one blow up hole. He had one blow up hole last year. Uh, I, I think he I think he's as good a bet right now as anybody.
0: Yeah, and you might say that he got the bad hole out of his system. Maybe, early. maybe. Yeah. But
2: um it would be it would be pretty tough if he ends up losing
0: by a couple shots and Yeah, but you can do that ago, every time you, can, you go.
2: well not a quadruple bogey. I mean yeah. that's you know, that's pretty rare.
0: Let me ask you this. Of the guys who are quote-unquote unproven or unknown entities relatively other players, I would put Hoffman in that category even though he's won some PGA Tour events and Mm -hmm. certainly had a very good career. Thomas Peters is a rookie playing his first event. John Rahm, William McGirt um, going to the list. And Who of that group do you feel like is still going to be in the mix come Sunday afternoon? John Rahm. John Rahm is...
2: I, I mean, I had him... Third on my Masters ranking coming into the week. I know we had this debate. I had second best player to not win a major right. right now currently. I just think he is hes incredible. He's an incredible player. He might be one of the top five players in the world already. Uh, certainly Phil Mickelson already thinks he's one of the top ten players in the world. It's tough to argue that. Uh, he's been the second best player in the world this year. He shows no fear. He played with Rory the first couple days. Uh, he, he beat Rory head to head. You know he that was a goal of his Uh, to do for those first couple days. He obviously got up to a rough start against Dustin Johnson in the match play final a couple weeks ago, but he battled, he hung in there. Uh, If not for someone closing the bathroom door at the wrong time on the 18th hole, he might have won that event, Mm -hmm. too. That's not going to happen here. That is not going to happen here. And you know what? He actually had a great answer. He said said something about how, what are you going to do? You can't, you know... People are allowed to go to the bathroom when they want. But I would argue not in the 18th hole of a final match when there's only two golfers. Like, why would you be at the tournament going to the bathroom? So, anyway, I think he's a tremendous player. I I don't think he's going to show any fear over the weekend. And of all the guys who aren't in that four-under group, um, you know, well— I guess Spieth, I would still put ahead of him as the chaser, but Rom would be my next guy as the chaser to get these guys.
1: I like Rom. I I don't think you can go against uh, what you're saying there. I like Thomas Peters, though. Uh, You know, I I think here's another guy who, uh, you know, the whole thing of Masters rookie can't get it done that first time around. But I I think there's something different about Peters. Uh, You know, today he shot that 68, a very impressive score. He's had a couple blow up holes, uh yesterday in, a, in his first ever uh, round here under in real competition at Augusta. Um, I just think that you know we've seen a lot from him in his brief time uh, as a professional golfer. The Ryder Cup appearance, you know, mm-hmm. obviously for Europe was a, a pretty impressive, uh, and against a crowd that really wasn't um, you know going to be on his side. So I think in, in big moments he's handled things really really well, and so I, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes deep uh, into Sunday. Whether he wins or not, I'm not sure, but I don't think he just fades away. You know, um,
0: it's, it's worth noting that of the guys who, um, you know, with the exception of, of Ricky, who shot 567 today, the biggest surprise in my mind, we talked about this a little bit before, was Martin Keimer, who shot yeah. 68, um, is right now T13, one over, so he's five back. I'm not saying that he's necessarily going to contend yeah. uh, in the tournament, though he's won two major championships. The, the real shocker about Keimer is he's kind of has this notorious. Terrible record here. I've um, never played well in the Masters. Missed a ton of cuts and everything. His best finish is a t thirty one, and it was actually a big part of why he struggled, um, you know, at an earlier point in his career because he tried to, you know, hit a draw to play better here and it kind of uh, cost him spells. But what are your thoughts on a guy like that, just based on his experience and maybe some feeling finally some good mojo here? Well, I I, I agree. I mean, I I, I don't.
2: I was as shocked as you were, put it that way, to see that A, he shot a 68, and B, that he's, he's up there in the leaderboard because it is incredible that someone uh, of his caliber could have that bad of a track record anywhere. But it just shows you this is the one major they play in the same course every year, and so we kind of know we kind of know a little better what's mm-hmm. going to happen. And so I'm not ready just because of one good day to kind of throw all that history to the side. I, I, I don't think he's coming in playing... Uh, any better than he was any, any other year that's for sure and um, he's, a, he's a name that I, I just I yeah. don't see staying up there unfortunately I mean nice player again it's kind of the quietest two major players championship guy ever yes. because he, cause he just kind of does it every few years he, he has these little bursts but, right and he um, doesn't
0: like he's not like in the mix at majors has, beyond
2: no consistency right I mean, no consistency and it's not like he's won a million events over in Europe either so um, you know, obviously he, we know he can handle major pressure, but again, on a course where he's had so many demons, uh, it's going to be tough for him to You
0: know, we talked about how a guy like is—you know, probably can't contend here because he's got such a bad record. And then we talk about Couples and Mickelson and Spieth who have this great record here. I mean, to, to what extent do you think, where does that manifest itself uh, on a golf course like this when you have some positive experience or real deep knowledge of the golf course where do you think you see that most
1: i think here it's uh, it's knowing how to play the golf course and not have a blow-up hole and not really go crazy on a hole like for instance you know phil mickelson right now he's uh, four off the lead and and he's able four off the lead he hasn't really looked all that great quite frankly over the last couple days but here's a guy who i think has played this golf course enough where uh, he knows how to get around when he's probably not playing his best? Mm-hmm. Where some of these other guys, they're going to get out here and, and somewhere on one of these holes, they're going to you know just make a critical mistake that could lead to that big up blow up hole. I think where experience and and where um, you know having local knowledge, if you will, about Augusta National comes into play is more the idea of okay, you know what I know what I can go for and and right. when I can go for it at, at certain times during a round, and if I'm not. If I'm not feeling it, I know what to do to just get it around here. And so I think it's actually knowing when to be aggressive and when to well, not You know, it's
0: funny because um, where you saw that the most is actually in an instance where Spieth did not do that. He talked about what the reason he made the quad on 15 on Thursday was because it was his third shot and he was super aggressive with it when he should have really played away from the hole. And that's an example of a guy uh, you know, who should understand – you know where you can pick your spots, like to your point. You know because um, so much of this is kind of knowing where the where the where the demons are, where the big mistakes are.
2: Yeah, well, Mickelson's I think exact quote on Thursday was when he was so excited about the wind and the forecast because he thought that helped. I mean, he's he's nuts. But he he thought that really helped uh, an experienced player here because he said, "I might miss big, but I miss in the right spots." Right, and he said. Even with the win, you know, the, if he's off and the wind exaggerates how off he's going to be, it's still going to be in, in a spot where he has a chance to get up and down where other guys aren't. And that's what's crazy about Augusta. I mean, we see all these low scores, but, you know, if you miss the greens at Augusta, getting up and down, it's as kind of a place to get up and down as, as anywhere. So, you know, no one's going to hit 18 greens. Right. So it's going to come down to those three or four times you miss the greens. and and feels the best right now. In short game and right. he really is. It's
1: not even if you miss a green. Uh, Ryan Moore was talking earlier today about the first hole. He said he hit the green, hit the green, and it, yes. it, it was. A, he hits the green, and he says, "If I miss the putt right, it's going to go off the off yeah. the green right. If I miss it left, it's going to go off the. I mean, you can put yourself off the green on some of these places. So, yeah. I mean, it's such a fine line with what you're going to do with with some of these shots and the way it's set up. And if you're not Ready to really realize when to go for it and when not. That that's when you're going to get kicked on the teeth. You
0: know what's interesting is that um, you know for all we know, Mickelson and Couples and Speeds, like they might be you know from a form standpoint, might be way off their games. You know that, that that sort of that you know savvy or guile, you know what they know around the golf course. Is what's keeping them even at all relevant? I'm just using those as an example. Right? That's what happened with right. Spieth last year. I mean, if you right. think yeah. about it, Spieth yeah. was not playing well. Right. He it's had a five-shot
1: lead, and it's then it finally true. bit him. You know, right. uh, so I totally agree with you. I think you know when you look at some of these players and, and you see where they are. I mean, Phil Mickelson hasn't played that well the last couple of days, and he's only you know four shots off the lead. I mean, I, I definitely think there's a lot to be said for experience here. And what it can do for you in terms of at least giving you a, a little bit of a psychological edge, if not actually a real one. But
2: you know what? The the scores are actually really similar to last year. I think it was Sweet, right. so was four under through, through 36. Right. And then he shot one over, and he was still three under. He yeah. had a one shot leave over Smiley Kaufman. And so I think to that point, if, no, if the score isn't going to be 12, 13, 14, 15 under par, that. That opens the door for someone who's not as on their game yeah, to totally. still win. Because, you know, it's a different gear to get to double digits under par than been grinding around the course. And as we know, speed right. is probably be- the best grinder
0: out there. Right, because if it becomes a little bit more of a yeah, freewheeling, you know, then you're suddenly you suddenly have to give precise shots on 1350. 15, like you exactly. make at least birdie on those holes. So it's a different, it's a yeah. totally different mindset. All right. Uh, let me give you a golf geek question, Alex. If you had to kind of have your dream scenario um, as a fan, as a uh, supposed golf writer, what would you say, what, what what do you like on Sunday afternoon? It's 5 o'clock on Sunday. What are we seeing?
2: Oh, man. Well, you know, Sergio, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but Sergio Garcia going for that first major, um, Ricky Fowler going for that first major, and a guy like Rory... Hot on their heels chasing them down. Right. Um, you know, th- that would be obviously we all want to see the marquee names in there. I mean, we don't, you know, we don't want to root for guys, but you know, it, it's, it's definitely better for the sport, uh, for the excitement level, if you do get the marquee guys in there. So obviously, a, a back nine shootout with two or three marquee guys, especially if a couple of those guys. Our guys trying to win for the first time. I think that'd be sure the ultimate. And I
0: think the great thing about the Masters is it it allows guys to play well at the end. You know, it's not so much a a death struggle where it's the guy who makes the fewest amount of mistakes. You guys who can actually, you know, make a bunch of birdies going in. So it's a, a, you know, someone shooting thirty on the back nine. What about you, Ryan?
1: Uh, I mean, if you could really draw it up for. That kind You're going to say like an not, amateur or something. Like well, that. yeah. No, actually, the mid-am. Exactly right. Stuart Uh No, I-, I would Rory, Jordan, and the final group. I'd like them head-to-head. Uh, head, head. I want to see Rory, uh, Rory trying to go for the career Grand Slam, Jordan trying to get the redemption. But then right behind them, I want Phil Mickelson and Fred Couples. Wow. wow. Yeah, he so right. i got the old guys there putting a little pressure on the young guys. And maybe we'll figure out where Ricky Fowler can fall in the mix. I'd like oh, to yeah. see him there, too. but. But give me those final four, and, you know, I'd, I'd be a happy man.
0: I want all that, and I want some sort of rules dispute in a fist fight. Obama <laughs> <Well>, Watson's <laughs> already got the misguided. I
2: also want uh, Jeff Knox to beat Jason Day tomorrow. That's <laughs> right. And then uh, have, I don't know, someone like Rory or someone— Well, I don't want Rory to tank, but let's say someone like Rory tanks, and Jeff Knox knocks them off on Sunday. I want to see him knock off two— as many major right. chances again.
0: You know, before we close the door on uh, Friday, uh, who is the mis- who's had the most disappointing tournament to this point? And I wouldn't you mentioned day, I wouldn't put day in that category given what he's yeah, down, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. think you would either. So, who would it be? Uh jeez, that's a good question.
2: Well, I mean, you know, Bubba, I think Bubba Watson uh, not that he was really on anyone's favorite list, but uh, yeah. up until this year, he, you know, mm-hmm. he was at the top, I mean, considering his track record here with, with two green jackets, it just shows though in the past year since he won at Riviera last year, really he he just has been a completely different player. Um, he actually played okay on day one, but uh, he misses the cut today. Uh, you know, it's just kind of a stunning turnaround for someone who who seemed to really own yeah. this course and and kind of once he won that second green jacket, he started to think, man, I'm going to start piling piling these up. Right. So. Uh, you know, I think he probably still thought that maybe this was the week he could kind of turn everything around and flip the switch, and it just didn't happen for him. Right.
1: My my would be uh, for Ooh. a guy who made the cut would be Justin Thomas. I mean, here's a guy. at yeah. yeah. The start of the year, we really expected a lot of big things. I think he expected a lot of big things, and then just sort of cooled. And it, it, I think it's just you know, it, it's not any fault of his necessarily. I think he just kind of got on that hot streak maybe a little earlier yeah. than he probably could have. So. That would have been for a guy who who made the cut. For a guy who missed the cut, um, you know, I, I really think Patrick Reed. Yeah. What's happened yeah. to Patrick Reed? He's a Ryder right. Cup guy who yeah. just he's become the Ian Poulter of the United States here a little bit, Ooh. and then he's going to be a really good Ryder Cup player who struggles when we get to major championships. But at least that's the way it feels right, right. now.
0: Right? Does he yet to have a top ten in a major?
1: No, he's
2: no. not. Patrick Reed has yet to have a top right. ten in a major. It's pretty incredible considering because. You know, a lot of these players say that the Ryder Cup is actually the ultimate pressure right. event. And so it's not that he can't get the job done. I mean, look, when he he's the in the mix, when he I mean, wins, he always does sure, really, really sure. well. You're right. It's but just getting there right now. He's, uh, he can't do it. And, and, you know, a lot of people think that, that Augusta would be the place. so He's got a brilliant short game. Um, you know, he, he's, he can move the ball right to left really easily. Um, you know, and he's a good putter. But uh, for whatever reason he has not he's not even come close in, in this event and uh, certainly the fact that he is still a guy who considers himself, we know, a top five player, for him to never even have a top ten in a major is, is mm. pretty stunning at this point.
0: My biggest disappointment is easily Sandy Lyle. I was, no, I'm kidding. That's not... That's he really, beat... Hey, he I didn't know. finish last. It's got to be... I earlier. know. I'm being <laughs> oh, mean. God. Actually, Larry Mines made the cut again this year, which is Larry remarkable. Maas. And that that's is. another argument for just guys who know how to play this golf course. It's really amazing. It I, is. Yeah. I, I, and,
2: I, I, and that I, it's just a great course that just, you can have such yeah. a wide variety of playing styles. Yeah. Actually, do pretty well. Actually. I'm gonna say
0: something that's never been said before, which is this is a really good golf course, <laughs> because it's just. I mean, honestly, it's like I it's just. Said I know. Five ago. I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like. I mean, I, I'm obviously. It's awesome. A good job, but it, like, it just it it rewards it, like the way it flows like that. Love that. I love the. You know, you start off with the tough first hole, and you have a chance to make birdies on two and three, and then you yep. have that survival. I mean, and then yeah. you have that. I mean, it's just. It's so great. I, uh, you know, I wish eighteen, actually eighteen, Spieth made birdie on eighteen. I always like uh, 18s to be birdie holes. Hmm. So, uh, you know, I wish eighteen was a little more gettable than it is usually. Um, but otherwise, just everything about it just makes sets up so well for excitement.
2: Well, today where they put that pin, yes,
0: that's where it
2: definitely becomes a birdie hole. It was you can it, miss it I, I to the right. You can it, miss right. it long, and it funnels right down there. It's, it's great. Yeah, but it's still a much more difficult shot now because obviously that tee has just been moved back and back and back. And you see right. the shoot that they have to hit through, first of all. What an intimidating tee shot. And then that second shot is really uphill yeah. a lot more than, than it looked. But but certainly that pin today was really exciting. And usually on Sunday they put it in a similar spot, but just more on the left side of the green.
0: Right. Okay, guys. Well, um, once you have some closing thoughts, I think uh, we're all very excited for um, for Saturday at the Masters. It's, it should be really good. We're going to – certainly recap the tournament uh, come Sunday night. So Alex Myers, Ryan Harrington, thanks so much. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the Golf Digest podcast and give us a ring and check back uh, on Sunday when we have a winner.